Hello everybody, my name's Darren, I write a blog called The Demon's Voice, you can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com, and I'm also on Twitter at Demon's Voice, of which you should definitely follow me, because why the fuck not? And, oh my god, happy Christmas everyone! I'm recording this right now, and releasing it for you all to hear, on Christmas Day, so if the family are arguing, stick the earphones in, you don't have to listen to them, you can listen to me instead. What more could anybody want? I mean, I hope you all got what you want. If there's any children listening, I hope that Father Christmas has brought you everything that you, uh, you asked for. Uh, some adults actually, they don't believe in Father Christmas, which is, you know, interesting. It's not because he doesn't exist, it just means they have shitty children that he doesn't bother visiting. So if there are any children listening and you have any doubts as to whether Father Christmas exists, or maybe some parents have told you that he doesn't, don't listen to them, he definitely does. He is dead. I mean, he has died, I've got that to tell you, I'm afraid. So he did exist, but he is dead. I mean, do you, do you honestly think that if there was a man who had a list of children that he considered nice and that he could just break into people's houses whenever he wanted, a mob wouldn't kick the living shit out of him. Of course that's what happened. He died, he got killed, he got buried in a grave, and his fucking reindeers got buried alive with him like Egyptian slaves. And now, I suspect, he haunts the dreams of fucking naughty children on Christmas Eve and kills them that way. I don't know how he kills them, I suspect he probably gets Rudolph to fuck him to death or something. Oh, and I think the elves are dead as well. I think the elves got killed when the mob attacked him. And I know you're thinking, like, how could we possibly... We, uh, well, they... How could they possibly kill the elves as well? Uh, it was easy. Just kick them in the head. They're really small. It was really easy to kill them. Um, oh, also, if there's anybody alone on Christmas Day and listening to this, and you're feeling a bit down... Um, Grow the fuck up. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's one day. I'm alone on Christmas Day right now. There is nobody around me. It's fucking great. It means I can enjoy my presence without having to talk to people, especially considering I bought myself a flashlight. Uh, oh, right, yeah, there might be kids listening. How to describe a flashlight to kids? It's a fanny in a can that you fuck when you're depressed. That is what a flashlight is, kids. Um, that's a joke, by the way. I didn't actually get myself a flashlight. I am too tight. Not like that. I mean, tight as in... Money-wise, I would not spend... You know, I mean, I don't like to brag. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, today we're talking about cats. Anyway, uh, it's the film that people are kicking the shit out of. Uh, it's Tom Hooper's film, Own It, You Bitch. And I'm going to read my blog on that now. Oh, and then afterwards, I found an article in which uh, Tom Hooper talks about the themes of the movie, which I thought would be exciting for us to read together, because I don't even know what the fucking story is. Um, so then I was going to read that to you, if you're interested. Oh, and also, somebody bought me a present for Christmas that I haven't opened yet as a result of a conversation about cats that led to a conversation about... I don't even remember that guy's name. J Jason... D Jason's Duama? I don't, I don't know. So I thought I'd open that as well and see what the fuck that is. Because who knows? Uh, it might be a dead cat. It does have air holes in. Anyway, that's the present, I mean. So, anyway, let's, I'll read the blog now. Enjoy Christmas and the blog. Cheers! So I just used up eight of my nine lives attempting to endure what felt like the four-day running time of Cats, and I'm honestly still not sure what in the living blue fuck it was all about. This movie is our generation's Vietnam, in that there will be people living with the haunting horrors of what they've seen for decades to come. This movie is what I imagine you'd hallucinate as you die in a gutter, having drank nothing but cat's piss for an entire month. There are just so many questions that the viewer is left asking, but the most important one is simply why. Why do the cats in the film look like they do? It's like the Thundercats decided to join an amateur dramatic society instead of going to the fucking gym. When was this film set? 
because my guess would be that it's sometime after the apocalypse, when all that's left of our species are the children of the cats that we had sex with to pass the time. I was once in a cubicle in the toilets in a pub, but as I opened the door to leave, my eyeline was directly on target to spot an old man's dick as he took a piss in a urinal. I hadn't known he was there, or I'd have been at least a little more prepared to avert my eyes, but the result was that his chubby little potato dick ended up burnt onto my retinas forever. Previously, I'd have told you that was probably the worst thing that I'd ever seen in my life, but the hellscape that is cats has probably just taken the crown from his stinky-looking and distinctly vegetable-shaped cockhead. Oh, sorry, that got gross. Uh, but it was a particularly disgusting dick. I mean, I know all dicks are ultimately disgusting, um, but if we have a scale of disgusting dicks, or, you know, dicks, which are disgusting, then his was at the very lower end of disgusting dicks. Like, the only reason I could imagine that it, it could possibly exist is if it had been involved in some sort of, like, toxic waste accident, which is, to be fair, kind of how I feel about cats as well. The film begins with a cat being thrown into an alley in a sack, and I'd honestly say that wasn't a bad idea of how we could dispose of this movie. Did you ever hear about the old E.T. Atari game that was so terrible that its makers tried to hide it in a big hole in the desert? I'd say that we should do that to every copy of this film, before cording off the area like it's fucking Chernobyl. Unlike the E.T. games though, which have since become collector's items, I suspect that in the case of cats it would simply devalue the price of the fucking land. Horror films would be made in future decades about hotels that are built on the ancient Cats movie burial site, and even they would fail to be as truly haunting as this movie is. From what I can gather, the film is about a group of jellical cats, although having sat through its entire running time, I still couldn't tell you what the fuck a jellical is. If I were to guess what the word meant without context, then I'd suggest that it might be the name of the rubber bollocks that are added to some dildos, but I wouldn't know for sure. But each of these cats essentially introduces themselves by singing a song about their sole personality trait, and then at the end, Judy Dench gets to choose which of them gets to die. Kind of like she used to do when sending her least favourite double O out on the riskiest mission. But, you know, if they were cats. In the case of cats, the characters are all hoping to be picked by Dench as the one that will be murdered, with my main question being about why only one of them gets to die. I am a left-leaning vegetarian that hates animal cruelty, but I also hated these hell demons so much that I would happily run through their alley with a pair of steel-toe boots and kick the living shit out of them all. I don't know if you've seen Judy Dench's character design in this movie either, but it is truly the stuff of nightmares. If David Lynch had made this film, then I think that people would probably tell him that he's finally gone too far. Dench prowls about in a fur coat that raises far more questions than I care to ask, before sitting in a basket like a Jabba the Hutt action figure that's been recreated out of mouldy fucking cheese. I can honestly say that I have never wanted to see Judy Dench's rotten pussy, but somehow it still ended up being worse than I could have expected. Sorry about that joke, but it is still true. And that's all that there is to the story too, by the way. Idris Elba plays a magic cat that can seemingly teleport wherever he wants, but all he wants to do is win the suicide competition by using his powers to cheat. I don't know why he can teleport about the place, but if this was the first footage that we'd received of alien life on another planet, then I'd suggest we nuke the fuck out of it before they discover we're watching. If there's one saving grace, it's that as the cats did their best to be allowed the sweet release of death, I began to empathise with their desire, having decided to sit through this psychotropic fucking breakdown of a movie. It should also be mentioned, by the way, that this is possibly one of the horniest movies I have ever seen in my life. None of the creatures here appear to have any genitals, or even an anus. Is an anus a genital? I do not know. 
but you definitely get the feeling that these terrible dance routines are their version of fucking. At one point, a female cat is lying on her back with her legs wide apart, and she begins to madly scratch the inside of her thighs. But the camera is behind her head, and so all we can see is her open legs with her hands madly fumbling, as though she's been given five minutes to fap herself to death and she's really fucking going for it. I swear to God that despite being rated as suitable for all ages, I have seen porn that is less gratuitous than this. I don't know if you know about the sexual niche of being a furry. It's essentially a kink in which you're attracted to the anthropomorphism of various animals, but Cats is absolutely a propaganda piece for it. If you go to the cinema to see this movie and the room begins to stink as it goes on, then I advise you either to leave as quickly as possible, or at the very least begin wanking as hard as you can like everybody around you apparently already is. One of the cats even unzips their fur at one point in order to reveal a more glittery fur body beneath it. I am sure that to some people this will be the peak of their masturbating life, but I found it so confusingly terrifying that I think I'll one day end up explaining it to a fucking therapist. It's worth pointing out too that despite being a Victorian carnival of horrors, the film is pretty badly made on every possible level. The framing and editing of the dance routines appears to have been decided by a blind intern of the brain of a monkey, and my advice would be that if you're going to include a tap dancing scene then, oh, I don't know, maybe focus the camera on the fucking feet? Otherwise it just looks like your character trying to wiggle a turd out of his ass while suffering from a particularly clicky hip. But the music is also pretty fucking dreadful. It opens with some horrendous riff that I promise sounds like it's being played on an out-of-tune Casio keyboard that was dragged out of a skip in the fucking 80s. And of course, this is based on the stage show of the same name by super twat Andrew Lloyd Webber, who people might remember once flew from New York to London to prop up a government vote on tax credits. So, he essentially took a private jet to travel in luxury in order to prevent money reaching lower-income workers and those most vulnerable in our society. And as abhorrent as that is, I would say the cast is probably worse. Lots of people have written about how terrible the show and film are after having seen them, and so you might ask why I felt I had anything new to contribute to the discussion. I probably didn't, but we're at the end now, aren't we? So, oh well. But the truth of the matter is that I didn't say any of this for anybody's benefit but my own. Like a victim of PTSD, the only way to deal with this kind of shit is to talk about it and hope that helps you to process it, and so for the sake of my mental health, thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time. And by next time, I of course mean... Well, right now. Because, you know, hello there, that was my blog on cats you've just heard. You know, I saw cats, I wrote about cats, I read what I wrote, which is what just happened, what you just heard. And afterwards, I got home and I googled, as in right now, what the fuck was cats around? Oh, cat, cats around, cats about. And I found an interview on the Business Insider, because that's the kind of thing I read, that said something about Tom Hooper, the director's political insight into the movie, like, what it's about thematically. And I thought, fucking hell, like, I didn't even know that it had a main story, let alone, you know, themes running throughout it. So I thought, I've got to read this. So I thought we could read it together, see if we can figure out what the fuck it's about. Um, so, so just, from what I can see, the interviewer says that Tom Hooper had already referred to the film as being about tribalism. Don't know why. I guess maybe we'll find out. And uh, Hooper says... What I was talking about was this tribe of cats called the Jellicle. The, the tribe of cats called... The Jellicle is their tribe. Well, who the fuck is their rival tribe? But well, whatever. Tribe of cats called the Jellicle, in a sense, its weakness is that it's tribal. I mean, I would say its weakness is that they sing and dance about their own personality traits like a bunch of self-centered twats. And all they strive to do in life is to die, which admittedly... I approve of in their case. It's pushed to its margins. It's pushed to its margins. The fallen, the forgotten, the disgraced. Well, I mean, there was a cat in a grotty fur coat, if that's who he means. Grizabella. Don't know who that is. Played by Jennifer Hudson. 
I mean, that's just a miscellaneous face on a deformed cat-like body, isn't it? That's, they're all the same. Has been pushed outside of the tribe. Oh, that is the one to Grotty Coat. And is not welcomed in it, and it takes newcomer Victoria to question that status quo. Well, she sees the Grotty Cat, the cat with the Grotty Coat, and says, Why is that cat there? I didn't know why. She sang a song about memories. And uh, then she brought it back at the end. It's not like she delves into this, like, you know. It takes her act of kindness and compassion to bring her back in the fold and say, no, this cat should be considered, <laughs> what, considered for the talent competition in which we all die at the end. She was just trying to find somebody else to fucking die in her place, wasn't she? This cat should be considered, to, like, fucking finding tributes in the Hunger Games. And I think the film at a thematic level, there we go, it's perhaps suggesting that we as a community are stronger when, rather than dividing, we reintegrate into our community the fallen, the forgotten, the disgraced, well, like, paedophiles. The fallen, the forgotten. <laughs> also, <laughs> so we, we reintegrate into our community the fallen, the forgotten, the disgraced. I would suggest that those three words describe him having just directed this movie, and perhaps the community is the filmmaking community is suddenly trying to justify himself getting back into. So central to the movie is a message about, <laughs> of course it is, the importance of forgiveness, like if you make a, p a film as terrible as Cats. My phrase, The Perils of Tribalism, is a reflection on today's political scene. Yeah, of course it is, because everything is about Brexit. Like, the only way that this movie is about Brexit is in that I don't fucking understand this movie either. That's it. Where both in the UK and the US, the tribalism of culture, cultural discourse and politics is making it harder and harder for acts of kindness. Oh. Well, I mean, fucking hell, if you're looking for acts of kindness, I wouldn't read any of the reviews of this fucking movie. Uh, making it harder and harder for acts of kindness across the divide. Well, there you go, that clarified absolutely fuck all. Uh, that is the director of Cats talking about as much bollocks as his movie is. Anyway, this has all been quite mean-spirited so far, so uh, I think in the, you know, spirit of Christmas, we should do something more optimistic, shouldn't we? Okay, so I said I had a present that... that apparently was inspired by a conversation I had with a chum in work about, well, it started with cats and then it went on to the Jason whatever his name is from the movie, so I thought I'd open it and we could see what in God's name it is. I mean, maybe it's nothing to do with cats, I have no idea. It's got, uh, well, it's, okay, so the wrapper is off, it is a box with holes in. I open it up, okay, this thing in the box is a lot smaller than the box, but I still don't know what it is. Oh, this is the this is too much. <laughs> okay, it's a little cuddly Paddington toy. It's nothing to do with cats, but this is Oh, this is the sweetest thing anyone's ever got me. It's nothing to do with cats, but oh. Well, there you go. Sorry it was unrelated to the movie, but fuck it, I don't give a shit. This is the coolest thing I've ever had. This is so nice. Oh, well Merry Christmas to everyone. I've suddenly cheered up. I'm Oh, well, th thank you, and thank you to the person that got me this little Paddington. Right, well, uh, thanks for sticking around, motherfuckers, and uh, I'll see you next time.